0: Same thing can be said for volleyball, which will be going to New York in the first and hopefully second round of the NIVC. Boy, had I known that so many teams that were eligible were going to decline bids, I would have let you guys know. Made it clear that the Bulls were definitely going to be playing in this thing. We told you that each of the 32 conferences, best team left in the conference standings after the NCAA field was announced, had the first right to accept the bid, and then there would be as many as eight or more for every team that declined the bid. Spots left for everybody else. Well, 22 of the 32 conferences eligible teams said no thanks. There is a pay-to-play element in the NIVC that obviously a lot of schools declined. In fact, every Power 5 conference-eligible team said no thanks. For that matter, on Saturday, and we told you this on social media, the NIVC website posted that both the Bulls and Wichita State were co-automatic qualifiers, so they were in easy. The American Athletic Conference had six teams in the tournament. Wichita State and East Carolina both are hosts, so it's a 32-team field, not 40. Eight host sites for the first two rounds with four teams in each. You can see the whole bracket. At womensnivc.com, the Bulls head to St. John's, will open up against Buffalo. Yes, it will be the Bulls against the Bulls. Buffalo was headed to win its division outright, like, of course, South Florida did, until they lost twice to Bowling Green late in the regular season. They still ended up as the two-seed for the MAC tournament, but ended up having to play that Bowling Green team again in the semifinals, and even though the Falcons were the sixth seed, they knocked out Buffalo. Western Michigan was 18-0 in the Mac and won that NCAA tournament bid by winning their conference tournament. Again, the American did not have a conference tournament. Rice declined a bid, but there's still we mentioned Wichita State and East Carolina hosting. Wichita State is actually possibly going up against Tulsa in the second round. And North Texas and FAU both got sent to UTEP and could play each other in the second round. And we mentioned East Carolina is hosting. They'll actually open up against a team that went 27 and three, the Citadel. But the Bulls will open up against Buffalo which, interestingly enough, went to St. John's early this season and got a win. So who knows? Buffalo could actually be the better team. I would imagine that if the Bulls, the South Florida Bulls beat Buffalo, they would get St. John's. They'll play Buffalo Friday afternoon at 4. If they win, they'll get the St. John's Howard winner Saturday at 5. And remember that South Florida is technically the host institution for the Final Four this year. It'll be at Amelie Arena. And remember the very beginning of the season when the Bulls took the Gators to five sets. I have a feeling we'll replay that and a couple of other their more exciting matches from the year across Wednesday and Thursday to give them the positive vibes from the Bulls Unlimited Airwaves. Those three teams that were in the Road to Tampa Bay event hoping to come back all have a tough road. The Gators are actually the only host, as the field was announced on Sunday, But they're a four seed in their region, meaning if they come out of Gainesville, their next matchup would be against a number one seed, which is undefeated Nebraska in their case. And we know that Florida and Michelle A. Collier's Georgia Tech can't both come to the final four because they would play each other in the second round if they both win the first round in Gainesville, Georgia Tech getting a five seed. Remember, Florida and Georgia Tech both played and beat Penn State in Tampa. Penn State, meanwhile also got a 5 seed, meaning they're heading on the road, and if they get out of the first two rounds, they would play a number one seed, in their case, Wisconsin, in the third round. Oh, and speaking of NCAA tournament, the American is out of both the men's and women's soccer bracket. The SMU men's team, which was so good, was the number six national seed, meaning they got to be at home for the round of 16. And you know it's bad when the SMU Twitter X account does not put anything up the entire second half of the soccer game and does not put the final score in its final post. I think their final post said, and the full 90 minutes are up and the game is over. Oregon state whipped them seven to one, five goals in the second half. And these were not just pedestrian goals. SMU's keeper is good. And I guess the secret to beating him is to get a lead and to have SMU's defense sort of pushing up and then have Oregon state's players just put on spectacular moves. It was quite astonishing it was a pretty good round of 16 for the Pac-12 because Stanford, the 16 seed, beat the number one seed, Marshall. Quarterfinals include two teams that the Bulls played. Remember when we built up how they were playing Indiana and Clemson back-to-back? Indiana and Clemson are both in the national quarterfinals. The Hoosiers upset 7th seed Virginia. And by the way, Clemson gets to be at home for its Elite Eight matchup because of the Stanford upset, so Clemson gets to host Stanford. So that's the 9-16 versus 16 national quarterfinal. Lower left part of the bracket is a 5-seed West Virginia versus unseeded Loyola Marymount. How hard is that? They knocked off 13-UCLA. Then they played James Madison, which had beaten Georgetown. Boy, the Sun Belt was good, really good. Marshall was 1, West Virginia was 5, talking about overall. And James Madison, a very legit unseeded team, actually stunned they lost. They had to go to lmu And, oh, yeah, the other... Once really highly ranked Sunbelt Team UCF, which love to point out going into the end of the regular season how they were number one in all these polls and then got beat in their semifinals. And then, oh yeah, they got beat in the first game of the NCAA tournament they got to host as the 12 seed. So really blown opportunity for the once high and mighty Knights on the right side of the bracket. It'll be number three North Carolina against that Oregon State team that again hammered SMU 7-1. to And you've got Indiana going to number two Notre Dame. Don't know if you saw what I posted on Saturday morning just to mention the women Final Four is set. One of the most incredible soccer matches. Yes, on a Saturday morning that I spent hours putting together the football pregame commercials and all that stuff, I actually went back and watched the last 10 minutes of BYU in the snow and packed stands at Provo falling behind 3 nothing to North Carolina, coming back and winning 4-3. to Astonishing. So BYU is in the semifinals And we'll play Stanford while Florida State and Clemson match up on the other side. Yeah, you almost had three of the final four being from the ACC. Florida State, Clemson, and BYU were all number one seeds in their region. Stanford was the number two. Remember, UCLA in the upset of all first-round upsets got beat by Cal Irvine, so Stanford took full advantage there. We wrap up with some women's basketball highlights. Unfortunately, not a ton From Friday and Saturday in the Virgin Islands, if you didn't hear any of us, we were on the air bringing you the action. And, well, here's what we learned about the team. And it's things that Jose Fernandez dropped hints at leading up to the beginning of the season. Who was going to be that go-to player from the Bulls when they lost basically three go-to players? It was Vicky Blasic, and she still is the Bulls' leading scorer. But what happened after her fantastic start is teams like the three that played the Bulls in the Virgin Islands, keyed their defense around stopping her and she generally struggled. Now in the first game the Bulls had such of a height advantage over high point ironically that it didn't matter even though Blastic was shut out in the first half and ended up with six points. The Bulls centers Emma Johansson and Evelyn litsche Schipholt, both scored in double figures and the Bulls held high point to just 32 points. But then against a much bigger and more physical and swarming defense, Arizona State prides itself in defense. Those centers combined for three points. Johansson had tweaked her ankle against high point and was pulled relatively soon in this game. And the Bulls just couldn't get it going offensively. They were ahead 8-5 to five. from 8-5 to five up. They found themselves 24 to 12 down, with less than two minutes to go in the first half. However, it looked like they were going to completely turn around the game here.
1: Now she has the ball, top of the key, over to Vicky Blasic. Fakes the long two, takes a three, looks good, and it is. That was more rhythm. She's made both of hers. There's a the turnover on the other side. Brito with the steal. Wilson looking around. Blasic wants it. Another three. Go, Vicky Blasic call for it. it Six for the bulls and they're down 24 to 20 before I could even spit out that both of her made threes for that step back. She didn't have to step back that time. Now crisp wants to answer drives on Locha Shipholk and it's the Bulls with the double team on defense. Picks up her dribble over to Besselink who fumbles it away. Lucha Shipholt one on two tough shot rims out but good position and that rebound attempt misses. Lucha Shipholk gets and grabs the board and she's fouled. What a turnaround for South Florida!
0: You could hear it; crowd was going crazy, bench was going crazy. It was 24-21 at half, and it was 24-6 Arizona State in the third quarter. The Bulls just could not carry over the offense. Credit the Sun Devil. The offense credit the Sun Devils defensively, and the team ASU that lost by 42 to Texas and didn't even try three pointers. They were 0 for three made six out of 12 against the Bulls, and a player who had zero at halftime. Don't worry, we're not going to give you a bunch of these highlights. This is the only one you need to hear to let you know how it was going in the third quarter.
1: To link and the Bulls wall up defensively. Magaluko misses, but link gets the board. Out to Brown, wide open through. She's going to make that. <laughs> She's Jalen Brown. She has ten Jaylen points Brown. in three and a half minutes. More than her entire career at Louisville unbelievable
0: 10 points was four more than the Bulls scored you could tell arizona state had a crowd there give them credit they actually had more of a vocal presence than any team i saw on our part of the bracket the other side nc state was representing and oh yeah that nc state team that is coming to the yingling center december the 16th dismantled everyone it played including the third ranked team in the country colorado another challenging game down the road on the Bulls schedule. So they were 2-for-16 in the third quarter. They had a phenomenal fourth quarter of 9-for-11, especially Carla Brito taking over, ended up with 13 points and 8 rebounds. But the Bulls lose it 66-49. to 49. You heard those two threes in 10 seconds. The rest of the game, the Bulls were 1-for-17 on threes. Again, ASU was 6-for-12. Now, Jalen Brown did end up scoring 20 in the next game against High Point and earning herself a spot on the all-tournament team along with ASU's Treasure Hunt and the Bulls' Carla Brito. But against Texas, well, Rory Harmon was clearly the MVP. It was all Texas in this one. And again, their defense and rebounding led the way. Bulls turned it over 20 times against ASU. They actually only turned it over 17 times against Texas, so their full court and half-court press didn't hurt the Bulls. What did hurt was on the offensive glass, particularly in the first half. At about the midway point of the second quarter, Texas, on its misses, got the offensive rebound more often than the Bulls picked up the defensive rebound, and that's never a good equation. Amazingly, the Bulls only gave up one offensive rebound in the second half to a team that averages 20 a game, but part of that was Texas wasn't missing in the third quarter. They were 11 for 13. Game was definitely decided from middle of the first quarter on as the Bulls were slowing down Texas to the point where it was just 8-4 to four with four and a half minutes left. Previous night... Texas led high point 32 to zero in the first quarter, 47 to two at one point, and ended up winning 101 to 39. So at least the Bulls were in this, but they just didn't have the offense. And Texas got plenty of second chances. Bulls got out rebounded 36 to 24 and made exactly three shots in each of the first three quarters, and they were over for three point range. On the other side, Rory Harmon, who's likely going to be an All-American, decided to turn scorer in this game. In her previous four games, she had 32 assists to two turnovers. She might be among the nation's leaders in assists and was only held to two in this game and also didn't have any steals, which she had picked up 13 of in her previous four games. However, she led the team in points and rebounds, actually tied their center, Taylor Jones, with 15 points and grabbed a team-high eight rebounds. She's pretty good. They're all really good. They've got a very talented freshman, Madison Booker, who scored 12 points as well. Bringing some great players off the bench. They've got a couple coming off of injury that's only going to help. They are a deep team that Jose Fernandez said is a Final Four team. Now, we've got the whole thing, not just my conversation with Jose, but the fourth quarter. Because we're not going to replay the game on the channel, but the fourth quarter, trust me, I did put up on our podcast page because it's worth it. If you want to listen to it, it's only about 15 minutes. Here, though, in about a minute or so, just to give you an idea, some of the moments, especially from Romy Levy, of a really scintillating, even though the game was over and we thought it would just be, let's get this
1: thing over with. No,
0: it was something else and hopefully something the Bulls can build on.
1: They actually got kept off the offensive glass in the third quarter. That looks like a good three. It is. Vicky Blasik, sometimes you just know it and the Bulls will not go over from three-point land. Nice job there, coast-to-coast by Romy Levy. And make it a quick 5-0 run for the Bulls. It's 64-25 with eight minutes left. Danny Gonzalez hears the count from the bench and puts up a no-look three, and Vic Schaefer maybe bringing in some starters. Maul tries a long three. Marina Asensio pulls the board, wants to run, whips it over to Blasic, open three. Boy, the Bulls look like the Bulls right now. She knocks it down. And Texas's bench, which was doing all sorts of celebrating and joking around and inside jokes, ain't laughing right now. They're all sitting down <laughs> and saying this ain't so funny anymore. That's a nice move by Levy. She's got six points in this quarter. She is on fire right now. That is our bubble down cleanest play of the game. Rina Sensio putting out some work. You can tell by how red her face is. Either that, or she went to the pool earlier today, like I did. Ooh, behind the back treble for three. Oh, man! Highlights galore in the fourth quarter. Asensio knocks it down, the three-pointers reigning in in the period. That is number four from distance after the Bulls were 0 for 11. Romy Levy! It is all her quarter, and we're just living in it. She's got 10 points. Get it to Romy Levy. Charges the lane, whips it out to Judith Valero. Winds up for three, no good. That would have been a great moment, but Danny Gonzalez gets the rebound. I love this energy.